successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill. You're listening to KMBZ 980 AM. And I appreciate you joining us as well as... You always do on podcasts via iTunes for those listening at the gym or in their car or wherever on podcasts. I appreciate it. And also, I appreciate those joining us today on GrillNationShow.com where you can find a list of all of our guests, uh, photos of our guests, uh, key sponsors and supporters of the show. Uh, appreciate everyone's support as we enter, I think now we're into the 150s of the show since we rebranded the, the show to the Grill Nation Show. So it's been exciting. I want to thank our partners and supporters as well of the show. Uh, title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Also contributors to the Grill Nation show are the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Co. with Ryan Maybe. Every other month he comes on the show. One Light Luxury Apartments and Reactor Design Studios and Clifton Alexander, our marketing and design guru. One of the first supporters I ever had on the show uh, when we started in 2012 uh, when the word entrepreneurship wasn't really being talked about much here in Kansas City from a, uh, a startup world kind of mentality was the Kauffman Foundation. And since uh, that, can't believe it's been over almost six years, uh, since we've been doing this show, I've had guests on from time to time from the Kauffman Foundation here in Kansas City. And, uh, and I've been really looking forward to having on more guests. And one of them is joining me today. They do some amazing work here in Kansas City and throughout the country with entrepreneurs and also as well on education. But uh, today I want to focus on entrepreneurship uh, because that's a thing that obviously I care deeply about and we've had and talked about many times on the show. But it's always great to have experts come in that, that actually are out there working with entrepreneurs and kind of helping uh, grow entrepreneurship in our country. Uh, and one of them is Philip Gaskin, who's the director of entre- excuse me, the director of entrepreneurial communities and chief of staff at the Kauffman Foundation. Uh, welcome to the show, Philip. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Um, we've known each other for probably a few years, and I always thought it'd be great to have you on the show because you have a real interesting background and story and do some really amazing work at the foundation, which we'll get into in our second segment, everything that happens at the foundation. But let's, uh, let's kind of take a step back and kind of talk about your background because uh, you aren't originally from Kansas City, are you? I am not. You no. are from somewhere else. Tell us about where you're from. I'm born and raised in, in Los Angeles, California. Um, Saved by the Los Angeles Dodgers because my <laughs> my uh, parents moved to Los Angeles from the east and south right before I was born because of the Dodgers. They were big Dodger fans. So wow. that is why I was born and raised in Los Angeles and not either East Orange, New Jersey or Salisbury, North Carolina. But um, from Los Angeles, born and raised there. What uh, was that like growing up in Los Angeles? It was I, mean, I, I love I love Los Angeles. We've talked about this off air, but it's a it's a really cool city, I think. Got a lot of cool things going on right now. Very, very eclectic and on a on a path to be one of the most major international cities um, competitively in so many different ways. And it was a great place to grow up. 
Mm -hmm. a great place to grow up. Uh, There wasn't as much traffic back then. (laughs) And, uh, um, but uh, very, you always tell the story where you could be standing on the beach on a March day and look on a clear March day and look all the way back inland and see snow on the mountains and then be in those mountains in two hours. Mm. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's what always, that's always the appeal of LA is, right. you know, you have the, the, it's always sunny. It's always about 75 and then it gets hot, but not too hot. Right. And you right. can go skiing at big bear. Is that one of the big mountains, bear? big sure. bear mountains up sure. there? And, yeah. yeah. Man, that's why everyone lives out there. Yeah. <laughs> but a good, a great place to, to grow up. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Um, and it's, um, you know, prepared me for other stages of life because of the eclectic nature of Los Angeles and the multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. And so you uh, you were out there when you started your career, correct? I was, yes. And what were you yeah. uh, working on back then? I was uh, in the travel management and consulting space. So I worked for one of the large global travel management and consulting firms uh, running business units that supported Fortune 500 companies and in, in managing all aspects of their travel. So it was a um, global nature, uh, and was helped me see the world, travel the world, but also uh, run all aspects of uh, general management and business. So you're traveling everywhere, traveling everywhere, 32 countries so far. Oh, wow! And 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 going. I I know some people that are, tell me I have a lot of catching up to do. But <laughs> what would be your what would be your couple of of favorite places you've ever been internationally? In the United States, I mean, where are some of your faves? I would say for uh, internationally, just the eclectic nature of Bangkok, Thailand. Okay, yeah, amazing place to just see first, second, and third world all together. Um, domestically, that's a toss-up. Sure, I've been to every state, and it depends on the season and where you are of what's your favorite part of this great nation. So, I think that's amazing too. Like you forget about the United States has so many different places you can go and they're right. so different right uh, and it's sometimes you don't think about it you just think of the big cities but there's so many different states like Absolutely. you go up to montana you go up to right. somewhere in the, in the mountains you know it's just then you can go to like chicago or go to la or go to new york or florida i mean everything texas everything's so different in this country we are so fortunate with what we have and there's so much to explore um, before even going internationally you could spend a lot of time <laughs> you've got very rare you right. meet someone that's been in every state i tell you that. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah, rare sure both the Dakotas, too. You've been north and south. Dakota. I have. There you go. I have. Um, and I, one of the firms that I, I worked for, we actually were the first firm to open up operations, a, a low-cost operations center in Fargo, North Dakota, in the 90s. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Philip Gaskin is our guest. He is a he's the, a director of entrepreneurial communities and chief of staff at the Kauffman Foundation. Uh, Philip, you had some campaign experience as well. And, and we'll get into this in the next segment, but we believe both believe that uh, a campaign is like a startup, uh, the ultimate startup. But you worked on some campaigns throughout the years. I have, and and when you're you're different aspects of campaigns, obviously, but when you're in the the, the field operations side of that, mm. which we would always brag, that's the part that really wins the elections. <laughs> um, you are you're you're understanding neighborhoods from do- from a door to door perspective. You're building movements. And you're starting up every single campaign that way. And what you learn from the volunteers, the voters, the citizens about what they're passionate about, what drives them, and to be in work to help them uh, find solutions to their to their challenges block by block mm-hmm. is amazing work. It's, yeah, it is. it's amazing work. And, and 
the movement building is inspiring because it's that type of movement building that, that uh, can have, as we say, ordinary people like we, we all we all thought ourselves are ordinary people on campaigns doing extraordinarily work. Extraordinary I, work. I agree. Uh, we got about a minute left in this first segment. Before we go into the Coffin Foundation, our mm-hmm. next segment, I want to talk to you about how you made that transition. What what really helped you make that transition? Was it a candidate? Was it a was it an opportunity? What was the transition like for you? It was a candidate point point in time um, in our in our nation in two thousand eight two thousand nine. There was there was a drive to be a more active participant mm-hmm. in solutions for this great country, and it was wanting to just do something completely different from going using a different part of the brain, a different part of the heart, different part of the soul. And and thus was a, a pivot that I made over to to campaigns. Very cool. Uh, Philip Gaskin is our guest. We'll be right back after the break. I want to start talking about uh, what you do at the Kauffman Foundation and what the Kauffman Foundation is working on here in Kansas City and throughout the country. You're listening to Grill Nation. Hello and welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on KMBZ 980 AM. Appreciate joining as well today on iTunes as well as at GrillNationShow.com. You connect with me on Twitter always at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. You also connect with our uh, guests today, uh, the Kaufman Foundation at Kaufman FDN. Great website or great Twitter follow if you want to learn more about fostering economic independence and advancing education and entrepreneurship. Our guest today is Philip Gaskin, who's the director of entrepreneurial communities, and he is the chief of staff at the Kaufman Foundation. Uh, a lot of titles there, Philip. Uh, you do a lot of great work at the at the Kaufman Foundation. You mentioned you worked on campaigns, and then you um, you pivoted to work in the uh, startup world and on strategic initiatives and partnerships uh, at uh, Mission Hub and Impact Hub, and that kind of brought you into kind of more of the entrepreneurial startup, where you were more of an operational type person, right? Yeah, the the, the campaign work and the work at, at Mission Hub is common denominator is communities oh, there you go. and building communities for people to do great work. At Mission Hub, it was community of, of uh, impact hubs, which were co-working uh, facilities mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs to go through the five stages of entrepreneurship from idea phase all the way to operations and, and scale. Um, so that is that community work that brought me here to Kaufman Foundation and, and working in the entrepreneurial community space. Mm-hmm. And at the Kaufman Foundation, you uh, work on a lot of different things, portfolio of grants and initiatives that further the foundation's goal of creating more effective, inclusive, and strategic communities to increase new business formation and enhance conditions for overall entrepreneurial success. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that. So you came to Kansas City here, and it looks like in 2016. It's been here about a year and a half. What was that like as a person who's traveled to 32 countries and has been to every state in the union? It was fantastic because I, I, re, I remember uh, when I was interviewing for, for the role and they said, you know, this position's in Kansas City. And I said, great. <laughs> and I don't know if they were expecting that type of ambulance, but it was like, great because 
it was this type of work to be doing this type of work from the middle of the country. And as we say, as our CEO, Wendy Gillis says, the middle is the new edge Mm -hmm. and understanding just, you know, looking at a way to create, be a participant in creating a new model of economic development and, and doing that work from the middle of the country um, where so much of our nation was, was, was built and supported is just, it's inspiring at this time in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you came here and, uh, what were your thoughts about the foundation before you, uh, applied or what, what did you have knowledge of the Coffin Foundation? I know it has a huge entrepreneurship knowledge, uh, background and education, but I always am curious to see what people outside of sure. the area think of it when sure. they come here. Very well respected. Okay. Um, our, our social entrepreneurs and that we worked with before certainly knew of Kaufman or always um, seeking out Kaufman's I- advice. And, but it was a, a little bit, a, a little bit distant to them. Of course, they were on the, on the, on the, on the coasts, um, more than in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we didn't necessarily, um, have that much, you know, inside, inside knowledge of the foundation. But through the indexes, the research, and, and a number of different you mm-hmm. know, fantastic programs like Fast Track, One Million Cups, et cetera, there was certainly knowledge mm-hmm. of the foundation. That's definitely true. I've noticed that uh, as someone who grew up in Kansas City, just I know a lot more now than I ever did because of all the different things you all are doing in the communities throughout the country. You mentioned One Million Cups. Uh, Fast Track obviously has helped many entrepreneurs start their companies throughout the years. Uh, and you guys are expanding on many different things. And what I like about Coffin Foundation is your research, your policy suggestions, your data is, it's not like a think tank where, you know, like you go to a think tank and it could be one side or the other. It's, it's an, it's a nonprofit. It's, it's, it's nonpartisan. It's, it's everything about just trying to help people grow entrepreneurship. Right. Well, no we're biased there. Ag- I love. No, absolutely. And you know, we're, we're, we're pivoting to being an active participant mm-hmm. and collaborative. Um, way an active participant with organizations across the United States looking at how do we spur entrepreneurial activity. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at over, over the last 20 years, the rates of entrepreneurial starts has been in decline with a little bit of movement of late, but looking at that and saying there's a, a different approach that we can take um, and how do we help the individual how do we help communities uh, be more effective mm-hmm. in uh, their success mm-hmm. when it comes to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial activity? Well, I think people come to you too. They're looking for, you know, always want that solution, right? So right. how do we do this right. in our city? But I also like the fact that you and uh, the VP of entrepreneurship at the Coffin Foundation, as well as the CEO and others that work on the team, are listening to entrepreneurs. Right. So you're going throughout the country and actually like, asking them like what do you think what do you feel when we do our when you do conferences it's it's not just like hey guys and gals here's all this information if you do all these things you're going to be successful it's like what are you seeing out there what are you learning out there what do you need i mean you guys are very actively participating in a dialogue it's not just hey we're the we're the people up but high that know everything about entrepreneurship well exactly i mean there's there what we're looking to do is reduce the barriers that stand in the way of individuals and communities um, to be more successful from an entrepreneurial perspective mm-hmm. and realizing if we, we, we do believe if we do that, we can help create you know, economic reality for millions more, more people. You've got to, so yeah, and you have to listen, 
right? Mm-hmm. So th- you mentioned the listening part. So we're actually you know, creating a, as you say, an entrepreneurship in our ecosystems work, a community of practice, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's around, and you start with the listening and the learning. So our first ever eShip Summit last year, our, our Mayor's Conference Series, is bringing, bringing people together, ecosystem builders together mm-hmm. to listen, what's working, what's not. And then we want to go out and uh, test those things, what's working, what's not, and test those in a number of different ways um, to find the solutions and reduce those barriers. We're talking to Philip Gaskin, who's the Director of Entrepreneurial Communities and Chief of Staff at the Coffin Foundation, located right here in Kansas City, Missouri, right off the plaza. It's an amazing facility. If you've never been, there's amazing things happening there, not only in entrepreneurship, but also in education. Uh, you mentioned barriers. Talk to us about, I know that you all had a major focus on uh, uh, Kaufman's zero barriers. Uh, what What is that, and, and what does that mean? Uh, we believe that entrepreneurial ecosystems thrive when people are connected, working together, developing new approaches, et, et cetera. One of the, the biggest barriers is that the ecosystems, the communities, mm-hmm. Uh, For those who don't know what right. ecosystems mean, right. it's a it's a it's a it's a community of entrepreneurs. There's ecosystem builders. There's those people like you think of as as community right. relationship. At, you know, building communities. Uh, it's really a community builder, right? And it's exactly. an entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure. And but when those communities are not connected, mm-hmm. when entrepreneurs are finding it hard to move through the steps that they need to take in order to start a business or grow a business, when those communities are not connected, we have problems. Those are, and there are a number of different barriers that could be in, in the way of what, uh, to success. So entrepreneurs could be looking for help with different types of resources. And, and that could be knowledge, that could be mentorship, that could be capital, could be a number of different things. Mm-hmm. But we look at well, what are those things are in the way and how do we help re- remove those? And so zero barriers is all about regardless of who you are, where you live, we want to make sure that there are zero barriers in the way um, and having effective ecosystems is a way to do that. You're right. And, and this is to help people cross any systematic barriers, no matter, you said, uh, regardless of race, gender, ability, or geographic boundaries. Um, to me, I feel like, and, and you mentioned earlier that entrepreneurship growth, startup growth has been down in the last 20 years and now it's starting to uptick, which surprises me. Um, when I started kind of following this type of thing that that was happening, especially after the recession, I, I, I figured it would be more people starting business, but the data shows that it was actually less, right. which it was interesting to me. And so I guess a lot of this has to do with the barriers, right? Absolutely. Okay. We, we, we believe that's true because there's, and you'll see in our, our, our recent um, entrepreneurship, state of entrepreneurship 2018 re- report, uh, entrepreneurs are optimistic mm-hmm. about their future. They're optimistic about starting starting businesses, what we want to do is to make sure that they can do those with as few barriers in the way, because what can happen, you know, at at times it could be the very, very easy things that stand in the way when they're first getting out of the gate, but they can be so frustrating Mm -hmm. that they just stop and give up and may perhaps try to take a traditional job rather than following their dream. We want to make attaining that dream, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, much easier, but there's certainly optimism out there, and we just did a survey of over 2,000 entrepreneurs that um, are basically telling us here are some some new themes and some new trends that we believe that uh, 
are out there and in the way that we can take care of for them. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And that's online. If you want to check it out at, at Kaufman.org, uh, you can check out that survey. There's actually a, a poll that was done. It's, it's amazing. It's about 32 pages of data uh, on almost anything you could imagine with startups and entrepreneurship. And uh, But you, like you said, entrepreneurs are very optimistic, not only about their business currently, but also about the future of their business and potential for growth. Their optimism carries over to that their satisfaction with current economic climate for businesses, their province belief that conditions will continue to improve for business owners. Uh, but however, despite their current satisfaction, entrepreneurs say they struggle the most with the technical steps of opening their business. We'll get into this in future segments, but also, too, with um, barriers, uh, government barriers. Uh, and you all are working with mayors and other legislators, uh, elected officials to kind of uh, – Tell them the importance of entrepreneurship and the importance of getting to know their ecosystem builders. And we'll get into that in our next segment with the Mayor's Conference and with the eShip Summit. But those are two good things that you all have been working on and been very successful, I think. Yeah, our, our policy work is very, very strong. And I, I think that we are, are in our engagement. And in our next segment, I can let you know about uh, our recent day on, on Capitol Hill mm. and about helping entrepreneurs. Philip Gaskin is our guest from the Kauffman Foundation. Appreciate you joining us today again on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBZ. Thanks for joining us again today. Hope you're enjoying our show. We'd love to bring a great show to you each and every week and bring on some people in our community that are doing amazing things and really affecting uh, what's going on here in Kansas City and throughout the country. And on today's show, again, we have on Philip Gaskin from the Kaufman Foundation. He's the Director of Entrepreneurial Communities and Chief of Staff at the Foundation. He, uh, he does a lot of different things and wears a lot of different hats. But uh, that's because he's a very strategic person and knows how to uh, affect change and help strate- help communities grow with their entrepreneurship ecosystems. Uh, real quickly, let's touch on your other role uh, as chief of staff because, man, that is a lot. Uh, as someone who knows has known a lot of chief of staffs in the uh, whether that's with an elected official or in a campaign or an organization, uh, you deal with a lot of operational uh, planning and strategic type issues, don't you? Yes, and I'm uh, chief of staff for our entrepreneurship department. I should say not the entire foundation, but for the entrepreneurship department. So it is, you know, as I as we've talked about zero barriers and the work that we're doing, it's about zero, making sure there's zero barriers in our, our department to uh, being efficient and successful mm-hmm. uh, for our, our directors and for the vice president to make sure we are um, being as the best leadership team we can be for our teams that do absolutely amazing work. Tell us real quickly about the vice president of entrepreneurship, because um, we've had former vice presidents of entrepreneurship on the show back in the, when we started as entrepreneur KC. Uh, tell us about him because um, I know he's doing some pretty cool stuff there and at the foundation and he's recently new too, like yourself. Yes. Victor Wong uh, started about eight months before I, I did and um, just, just about two years and has brought in a, a refreshed view of what we've been talking about of how we approach communities and economic development from the community level. And through his work, his uh, rainforest work, mm-hmm. uh, and other philosophies, is bringing an inspired way of looking at 
attacking entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. entrepreneurial, the challenges that are in the way. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I've met so many people that, that know about Victor from his, from the rainforest book and all of that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Right. Uh, so Philip Gaskin is our guest. Philip, let's talk about kind of the creation of the eShip Summit and um, the Kaufman Playbook Series and, and what those things do and how they help entrepreneurs and cities throughout the country. Because well, I, I know the convening yeah. of the eShip Summit right. is coming up here in July. Right. That'll be that'll be our, our, our second eShip Summit. Our first was last year, and I, I talked earlier about the, the, needing, the need to listen, mm-hmm. to be a good listener to – ecosystem builders across the nation. But what we wanted to do, what we set out to do was have the first ever convening of those that identify as ecosystem builders. And there are about six or seven personas, you know, ranging from an entrepreneur themselves to an economic developer, community developer, a mayor, um, academic as well, Mm -hmm. a number of different ones. And realizing that we're all building communities and how do we learn what's working and what's not? And so we brought them all together, as many as we could uh, get in, in the same in the same room for two and a half days of of a design thinking platform around how to design think through what's working and what's not. How to we developed together, we designed together, and we're going to deliver uh, what's working. And that then those learnings get put into uh, the Kaufman uh, Ecosystems Entrepreneurial Communities Playbook. Mm-hmm which uh, you could find at coffin.org forward slash playbook. We have it online and it is also in, in, in print form, but that was in the codify all of that knowledge that we learned, codify it. And so the individuals and communities can use the playbook to help them uh, work through the seven design principles that are, that are in the playbook to build uh, more effective communities. Mm-hmm. And then from that, then we want to look at how do we then test out that codified codified knowledge in communities across the United States, and that's something that we're we're working on now from a strategy perspective, um, and we'll be releasing in the next couple of months. What's exciting about what Philip's talking about too is that I I've had the chance to work with them uh, on some mayor summits and mayors conferences throughout the years, and this year, uh, not only will you have the Eastship Summit in Kansas City, you're bringing the mayors conference on entrepreneurship here. Uh, to coincide kind of and converge, if you think of like South by Southwest, how it converges right. all these different things. Absolutely. Well, Coffin Foundation is going to converge the uh, eShip Summit with the Mayor's Conference on Entrepreneurship, which I think is brilliant because you, you bring these mayors into this room and they and they get a lot of value out of the policy, the, 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 the colliding, the recommendations. But then also, too, you're, you're going to collide them with one day and also have them connect with ecosystem builders. Again, a lot of mayors throughout this country are learning more about entrepreneurship, but maybe they don't have uh, – maybe they're a smaller city and don't have an right. ecosystem builder. And they can actually sit there and talk to someone from a major market or from a middle-sized city that's been successful to grow entrepreneurship ecosystem and say, hey, how are you doing this? Exactly. You, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, and having entrepreneurs at the table with the mayors to help think together on how to solve certain challenges in mayor cities as it relates to entrepreneurship. And I've noticed throughout the years, too, Philip, the mayors want to be more interactive. Absolutely. You've been to, gosh, you've probably been to hundreds of conferences in your life. I've been to a handful, many handfuls as well. And I always get a lot out of listening to, like, the thought leaders on a panel, right? So if you have a... Uh, a brilliant panel of people. Uh, that's great. But also, too, mayors these days, 
they want to get their hands dirty more. They want to they want to focus on their cities and their challenges. And so I've noticed a trend towards more interaction at these conferences. And I think that's one of the things the mayor's conference does. It brings people together, and they also get a get their hands dirty and uh, move around and then speed date, if you will, and just 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 get kind of you know figure out what's going on across the country. Interaction, inclusive inclusivity, mm-hmm. equity, all of those things we look at in our in whether it be the eShip Summit where we had. You know, forty-eight percent of the attendees were female. Thirty mm-hmm. percent people of color. Forty-eight states uh, represented. You know, and that was intentional work to do that. And and mayors m- mayors conference as well, having them uh, interact and and thrive in an inclusive environment. And if you notice, we pivot away from panels <laughs> and we have fire starters. Okay. So we have fire starters that start the different segments of the summit or conference. Okay. And that spurs different type of thinking, inspiration, and pushes people into collaborative, mm-hmm. collaborative energy during it. Politicians, sometimes it's hard to get, it, you have those old timers who were used to just sitting in a room, right? Right. And so when you first start to get them to collaborate, it's amazing. But I think mayors, they understand the value of that more so maybe than a state legislator or a congressman. They're able to, to, to kind of really kind of communicate because they're used to doing that with their constituents more. They're right there with their constituents day in and day out. The city council people are mayors. They're, they're, they, you know, they're getting the calls every day. Right. Uh, why is this pothole not fixed in front of yeah. my house more, yeah. more so than a congressman? You mentioned your trip to DC recently for the state of entrepreneurship. You guys actually went up to Capitol Hill and met with some uh, federal legislators. Yes. Tell us about that because are they aware of, of any, of what's going on with entrepreneurship, I knew in the past there was was different uh, forms of the Startup Act to encourage different things to help spur startup growth when it was maybe down. What well, right. what are what are policymakers and in, in capital thinking right now about entrepreneurship and ecosystems? It was a wonderful day. It was a day of action that we did, and we took forty entrepreneurs and there's entrepreneurs representing entrepreneurial support organizations or their or their own businesses. To Capitol Hill to have time with their Congress people, mm-hmm. and it was so enlightening to be in the sessions and and see the connection and to see the learning that was the mutual learning that was taking place. I would say that that one of the things that was the most inspiring was seeing how the Congress people or the staffers were learning things that they hadn't that they just didn't know mm-hmm. and saying i knew there was a challenge out there but now you're giving me something that we couldn't see mm-hmm. and so here we're talking about barriers again so it's it's them sharing what are the barriers that are in my way as an entrepreneur and how you can help and how government can help help solve some of these uh, problems that we're having or, or barriers that are in the way, uh, reduce the barriers in the way and uh, there were – we had uh, 40, 40 meetings throughout the day, 40-plus mm. uh, meetings Those are always grueling on Capitol yeah. Hill, right? Well, yeah, we had them, had them set up very, very well. Um, and, you know, it was, again, so it was their, their own congressperson for their district or others that perhaps sat on certain committees that were entrepreneurial friendly. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think people realize how much effort goes into that logistically. As as, I, as as we both do, uh, getting meetings set up on Capitol Hill, uh, or you know, going around to forty different members of Congress is uh, is quite an ordeal, and well, their staffs, well, yeah, especially because some are in the Hart Senate Building and some are in the Rayburn House <laughs> Building. And you're going back and forth, and you're trying to make it all work. 
but uh, it was a, it was fantastic. Really Contrary great. to what people hear about uh, what's going on in Washington right now uh, on in the media, Washington as a city is 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 a, is an amazing place. If you've never been, uh, I, I hadn't been in a while, and I was there a few weeks ago. And one of the first things I noticed was that their metro is now not uh, doesn't look like it's in the seventies anymore. Because when I lived there, it was carpeted and. Uh, you know, now they've updated their metro system, which I think is one of the finest in the country uh, as far as getting around the city. It's right. so easy. And so beautiful place to go. I'd highly recommend it. One one quick story I'll give you. One of our entrepreneurs, it was their first time to Washington, D.C. Okay. And he said, uh, seeing all of these historical buildings, and I just feel so much a part of the country. Mm-hmm. And every day that it, it, it excites me. And, I, and regardless – of what side of the aisle you're on, when you come here, you're here to you're here to make change. And he felt that he had been heard by his congressperson, and he was just. It was That's a, bit, a very cool exciting. moment. Yeah, it was that a very such, cool moment. Such a cool moment, right. and I I agree with you. You get you get a different feeling when you go to D.C. Um, it's just a unique place, obviously, and right. just so much history, and just a beautiful city. We're talking to Philip Gaskin, who is the director of entrepreneurial communities and chief of staff uh, on in the entrepreneurship department at the Kauffman Foundation. We're going to come back after the break. I want to talk about Kansas City with Philip, and we'll talk more about entrepreneurship. You're listening to Grill Me. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBZ. Thanks again for joining us this week. Hope you're enjoying the show. I appreciate also downloading on podcasts on iTunes and uh, checking us out again on grillnationshow.com where you can find all of our sponsors, photos of our guests, and more, more social media information to connect with us. Uh, and always appreciate you uh, sending over great guests and content for us as well. It's been an exciting hour here with the Director of Entrepreneurial Communities and Chief of Staff of the Entrepreneurship Department of the Kauffman Foundation, Philip Gaskin, who's now been in Kansas City for a little less than two years on his journey here to the Kauffman Foundation, doing great work uh, and really strategic work here in the Kansas City area. You mentioned that you have the eShip Summit every, well, it's going to be the second year this year, where you have ecosystem builders come through all at the country just like you did. Uh, what, what are their impressions? One thing I think is really cool is we bring them into Kansas City. Yes. A lot of them have never been here before. Right. And so they're getting to see our city, which we're trying to promote too, obviously. Exactly. So so tell us about that. What are their impressions and what were your impressions? Uh, first, their, their impressions were all, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was this much here. <laughs> you know, I have friends of mine. It's like I, I will tell them. So many different things of why they need to come here. And visit you. They'll half believe me, and then they get off the airplane and, and come here and spend the day. It's like, wow, now I know what you meant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from the culture to the sports to the work ethic of the people to the museums, there's just there's just so much here. So much here. And I, I, I wonder if we were to, to pick a time of the year to tell our friends to visit, what would that be? I, I tend to like spring and fall in Kansas City. Um, summer gets a little hot. Yeah. Winter, you know, January and February are the worst two months, but we're through those now, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been, you know, May to October. No, so you, you grew up in, in L.A. I'm right. curious. So you never really had seasons. Uh, no, but it, because of doing so much travel as a family in the east and south, I mean, yeah. we, were, we would go summertimes, summertimes visiting relatives in the east and south, 
Christmas time mm-hmm. back there. So I was able get, to see that. All. Went went to college where it snowed a lot. So I got it. I I had a taste. Actually, I actually I actually enjoy having seasons more than not having seasons. Yeah. So. I do too, but I do like going to Southern California in January, yeah. February. <laughs> yeah, that's a dream one day is to be able to, to be able to travel there when it's cold here. Right. Oh right. my gosh. So, uh, so, so you have a good first. You had a good first impression. And mm-hmm. again, like um, the Coffin Foundation, you know, is is really for people in Kansas City that maybe don't know how to get involved and how how to connect with y'all. What, what are the best ways? I mean, is it one million cups? Is it is it um, fast track is it is it entrepreneurship type of activities you all put on because because i thought that was always an interesting thing is mm-hmm. you know you're doing all of this amazing research policy entrepreneurship community building great work in education which we don't even talk about on the show uh with the future of education uh but a lot of people in kansas city were kind of like yeah, what do i do sure. how do i how do i even what are they doing how do i get involved sure and that's one of the one of the things that uh is a priority for us but obviously you know we have kaufman.org Kaufman.org, the website, mm-hmm. definitely can get engaged there in a number of different number of different ways, and uh, signing up on the the website for communications to stay with us. And uh, one million cups is a a brilliant opportunity. Um, every Wednesday, nine a.m. at the foundation, uh, as it is nine a.m. across the country. It's amazing and, to me how, of cities. how that's grown. Right. So when I started uh, kind of keeping an eye on you all. It was at like it was the first city, obviously Kansas mm-hmm. City, but then it was about twenty cities. Right. Now it's it's hundreds right yeah absolutely and and we're we're we're, we're open you know it's our all of our our bios are on the website feel free to look at our website click on send us a message uh we'll get right back to you philip what are you um we're, i'd like to talk about some trends in entrepreneurship we talked about some of the um key findings and to me again it's it's about various entry like you said but what what are some of the trends that we're seeing because i know there's a lot of barriers to entry but for me I feel like with the internet and with e-commerce and with uh, you know communications, it's there's so many people starting companies, but you know a lot of them fail. Well, I mean, what what are kind of some of the trends? I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about being more business friendly with government, streamlining taxes, repairing infrastructure, all of these things help. But as an entrepreneur, when you're out there talking to them, what are they excited about? What are they optimistic about? Well, I, I think the first the the higher. Fr- level the first the framing is around our what we see as our mega trends in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and those are in the areas of demographics geography and technology and job growth okay so from a demographic perspective the u.s population is, is increasingly diverse um educated older yet the entrepreneurial population is not changing as fast it's not no it's not okay um geography wise entrepreneurship is increasing as an urban phenomenon but but outside of urban areas um, it can struggle. We need to spread that to mid-sized, mid-sized cities. Mm-hmm. Technology and job growth. We we talk about AI and everything else, all the different forces that are going in technology that are can make it easier for people to access information online, but it can make it tougher for people to actually connect. Mm-hmm. And when technology is actually going to be interrupting some things as well from an AI perspective and, and, and looking at, at, at jobs and where are jobs going to come from in the future. So those are some of the mega trends that, mm-hmm. that, that we see. And again, you can look at those in our state of entrepreneurship report, 2018 state of entrepreneurship report. Other things are just around, I mentioned before entrepreneurs struggling with the nuts and bolts of the business of businesses and finding out and having access to how do, how do I learn those and get access to them as quickly as possible. 
One is the excitement. There's excitement. There's, there's entrepreneurs are optimistic about their future, but too many demographics, people of color and women find it hard, including people of color and women find it hard within that excitement and, and, um, uh, optimism to engage, to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm thinking about that, and I just want to stop you about the rural communities. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I think that people think about when they think about entrepreneurship is, and you guys focus on all different kinds, is that it's only like tech, high capital, high you know growth uh, exit strategies. But you guys work with Main Street entrepreneurs too. Your policies affect Main Street, mm-hmm. you know, rural mm-hmm. uh, recommendations. It's not just the big cities. It's 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 you're trying to help create barriers, get rid of barriers to entry for all entrepreneurs, mainstream entrepreneurs included. Exactly. As I go back to um, our founder, Mr. Kaufman, what mm-hmm. he would say is we believe everyone has the fundamental right to turn an idea into an economic reality. It's regardless of race, gender, creed, color, geography, anything. Mm-hmm. And, and there are ge- the geographic challenges from a, a rural perspective are real. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in some respects you look at, there are urban edge Challenges on the edges of, of urban cities, there are a lot of challenges to access to resources. Same in rural. You, there are some that are common. Mm-hmm. And, and we have more in common with our barriers and challenges than we're different. And so it's about identifying those and, and, and attacking those and solutioning those. It's very, very key. One other thing I want to point out is that one thing I learned when I started working with the Coffin Foundation is, and, and going to a lot of their events, was that young companies, mm-hmm. zero to five years, create more jobs in America than any others, right? Right. Who would have known that if you listened to the mainstream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it happens. It's out there. But your data and all the research and policy that you guys put out in, in, in surveys shows that that's the case. Zero to right. five year companies right. create the most jobs. Right. Yeah, it is. It is fundamentally interesting, and and I wish more policymakers understood that. Right, and then so the through the new nature of em, em, employment, new nature of business, we need more business starts from exactly those those entrepreneurs that you're talking about in order to em, employ people in the future. Philip Gaskin, the director of entrepreneurial communities and chief of staff of the entrepreneurship department, at the Kauffman Foundation, has been our guest today. I appreciate him coming on, and I. I urge you to check out Kaufman.org and also follow them on Twitter at KaufmanFDN. There's all kinds of great information, surveys, uh, recommendations, ways to connect. It's a great foundation, and we're lucky to have it here in Kansas City. Philip, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a great hour. Thank you. Thanks for joining us again on Grill Nation. We'll see you next week, and have a good one, guys and gals. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah.